Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity, or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. Hello and welcome to Bewilderbeast. I'm your host, Melissa McHugh McGrath, recording 710 miles from Powell's Point, North Carolina, United States. And today in Bewilderbeast, we are going to meet an unusual employee who's probably pooping on your carburetor. All right, let's go. everybody. So I'm going to make this super quick at the top. I actually recorded this several weeks ago, um, but it's been a minute and I didn't really know how to do the introduction here up at the top because I didn't know when I would be putting this out. Uh, Today is my birthday and I'm really excited to be putting this particular episode out for you guys all uh, this week. Um, I'm recording this today on Saturday, March 11th. This is going out on Monday for the 13th of March. Um, hopefully next week I'll be able to announce like a really big deal, cool, super fun thing that I get to do in October. Um, so watch this space. I'm really excited and we, um, but I can't announce it yet until it goes public from the organizers that are putting something really cool on. So stay tuned. Um, I'm doing another, uh, talk called, um, stress, the good, the bad, (laughs) the good, the bad, and the ugly through the Animal Welfare Society in Kennebunk, Maine. So if you are curious about how stress affects you and your animals, and if you have a dog who's what we might call reactive or aggressive and you want to know what's going on, um, it's a free talk and I'm excited to give it. And it's made for the general public, um, not dog trainers and not science nerds. Although I do talk, I try to make it accessible and understandable for everyone. So if you're curious, Come on down to the Animal Welfare Society on March 28th at 7 p.m. We may record that like we did the, um, you know, the when I grow up, I want to work with animals thing. But uh, let's see what else. Oh, and Ken and Karis, thank you so much for supporting on Patreon. They actually started supporting the week I went on break in January. <laughs> so they've been supporters for a couple of months and they never got their shout out here on the main feed. So Thank you. Karis is an amazing artist. I ended up commissioning some art from her um, for my husband for Christmas. And I just love the piece. I love her work. And if any of you guys are interested in just like really cool, funky art pieces, 
for your wall, for your body, for whatever, um, check out her work. It's Karis B, K-H-A-R-R-I-S-B. Um, and just Google it. It's, it's it's just so neat and funky and it's so unique. I think many of you guys who listen would love it. Um, so thank you both Ken and Karis for supporting the show. I, I am just chuffed that you guys enjoy it. Um, and lastly, to Aaliyah, Leo who left a voice memo about a recommendation on tigers. Um, I did get your voice memo. I have not had a chance to email you back. Um, but she did send in a voice text saying, hey, you should do this thing. And if you would like to do a voice text to give me a heads up on your favorite animal or intersecting at humanity or just something you're curious about, Submit it. Go to bewilderbeastspod.com and there's like a little microphone in the right-hand side. You can leave a minute-long voice memo and it comes right to me and I get to hear it. I get to hear your voice and how excited you are um, and it's so wonderful. So, And it's also really accessible. So if you don't, if you're younger and you don't know how to type yet, this is a cool way for younger audience members to submit or for people who might not have access to a keyboard or if you're like me and you're worried about typos because I leave the most embarrassing typos often to clients. <laughs> um, this is a good way to be able to say exactly what you want to say and not have it misrepresented in any way. Um, so with all of that being said, I can't wait to introduce y'all to Earl. And if you grew up in uh, it, your formative years, I know um, Miley has her flowers. Uh, she's singing about buying herself flowers for today's youth. And I think that that's amazing. Girls, go ahead and buy yourself your flowers. You don't need somebody else to buy them for you. Um, but when I was growing up, we had a band called The Chicks. And <laughs> they sang about Earl. And if you're curious about it, go listen to the song Goodbye Earl. And those were our feminist heroes of the time. It's a little bit darker than just buying yourself some flowers. Goodbye Earl. But I've had that song stuck in my head um, ever since recording this story about Earl. And I'm not going to tell you who Earl is. If you're in North Carolina, you might already know who Earl is. Um, but I'm just going to stop talking and let you guys listen to my favorite Earl. Later. You know how I love a good Animal at Work story. The kind of animals at work that you just don't expect, and boy, do we have a good one today. Earl was confident. He strutted up to an auto repair shop in Powell's Point, North Carolina in 2018. Earl was going to go right up to that counter and demand he be put to work. The only problem was he couldn't open the door. He didn't have hands or the ability to push more than one to two pounds. That rather put a damper on working at the new auto repair shop. There was another problem too, somewhat related to the fact that he had no hands or could lift heavy things or push doors open. He was a rooster. In 2018, friends with business partner benefits, Nevin Keenan and Joe Gallo opened the doors of R&R Garage. About a year later, in waltz this cocky little plucker, they thought that the neighbor's bird had flew the coop. So they did the responsible thing and asked around, but nobody was missing a bird. At least no one admitted to missing a bird. Roosters are often unwanted. They are often the subject of noise complaints leading to neighborhoods and towns banning backyard chickens all over the place. 
Browse through any backyard chicken group on social media and you will see hundreds of, quote, free rooster to good home. Or this hen I was given started to crow and we can't keep roosters. Help! And y'all, this is not a judgment call. Last year, we ended up with six hens. And I know y'all can hear the air quotes because three of those hens ended up as roosters. Another thing about roosters besides getting a bad rap, sometimes justified, often not, conventional wisdom is that each roo needs an actual hen harem to stay happy, and if there aren't enough hens to go around, the boys will fight. And they will fight viciously with each other. And no one wants that. So we did the responsible thing and we perused the local chicken groups. We looked for options for two of our three roosters. One was a fun little breed that everyone wants called a silky, which I don't even really consider a chicken. They're like fluffy puppies that just follow you around. And their feathers don't even have that waxy feathery like coating. They really do puff up like a walking cotton ball. Do Google silky chicken if you get a chance. And if you don't, just imagine two cotton balls on top of each other with a little beak sticking out on the top of one and two little sticks coming out of the bottom for the second. So that one, as impractical as they are to have on a farm, was able to find a home very quickly. The other one, Popcorn, was able to go to a farm. A real farm, and to my knowledge, not the farm. From someone who is picking up unwanted birds from all over southern Maine. Some would become dinner, but I felt confident in this farmer's ability of making sure that he would be done ethically and humanely if that happened. He was a nice rooster, though, and her priority was to give him a good home as if possible. So with so many people offloading their roosters, I'm hopeful he was able to stay king of the little bantam or teeny tiny chicken bachelor pad flock. People will also take their roosters and, because they feel guilty about dispatching a rooster or judged for having one, will just, and good God, please don't do this, release it into the wild, which is the worst thing someone can do. Chickens are literally the last rung of the food chain ladder. And living without other chickens in the woods only to be picked off Hunger Games style is incredibly cruel. And in my opinion, it's the most irresponsible thing someone can do to their roosters. And I wouldn't at all be surprised if someone had turfed out their rooster in an area where they thought they could get rid of the responsibility and not have to handle dispatching their rooster if he was really unwanted in North Carolina. Or maybe he just decided to fly to greener, bigger, buggier pastures. Or maybe he just wanted to be one of the guys. But no matter how he got there, no one claimed the roof. And one customer brought him chicken feed. The shop guys thought he'd just find a new place to roost after the garage was closed up at the nighttime, but he didn't. He just fell asleep in a tree. And he was there the next morning waiting for food. But then the shop guys thought that he'd find a new place to roost after the garage was closed up for a long weekend. They would go back to work on Monday, no rooster, have a funny anecdote to tell customers. But on Monday morning, when they came to work with a giant ice from BJ's Carolina Coffee, they were greeted by a feathered friend. It was about this time the business owners decided they should give him a fitting name. One that sounds like an old shop guy name. They thought about Joe. Good, hardworking name. But that can't work. They already had a Joe. Joe Gallo, actually. Gallo, spelled G-A-L-L-O, hilariously enough, is pronounced gallo in Spanish and means rooster. <laughs> This has zero bearing on the whole story, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> so they went with Earl. Earl the Shopcock. 
While he was officially employed by R&R Garage as part of the insect management department, Earl really just got in the way more than he helped. Sure, he would just cluck around and pluck spiders out of corners, scratch for bugs, but he'd also sleep on the car lift or hide behind doors in the shop. He definitely tripped more mammalian biped employees on more than one occasion. Even his timekeeping skills were reported to be less than stellar. If you're going to be on the job, the bare minimum is that you can keep time, which should be in a rooster's wheelhouse. They have literally one job. But this one would crow in the middle of the day, as if he was surprised the sun was right overhead. It's going to kill us all, duck, cock-a-doodle-doo. But the guys loved him. Earl would hang around as the mechanics tinkered and screwed things and got grease everywhere, and Earl would also get to work, get grease on his feathers, get in the way, like a bad supervisor who just poops on carburetors instead of firing you. He does a great job of alerting whenever a hawk would fly overhead, which would be so helpful if his co-workers were hens. Super not helpful when you're a guy that has no worry about being picked off by a bird of prey. <laughs> Earl would sleep in a gum tree about 30 feet up in the branches every night unless there was bad weather. The employees would then just let him stay in the shop for safety and every day he'd be waiting for his morning ration of chicken feed. He would cluck around until lunch where he would get french fries, yum, and his favorite is caramel popcorn. My stepfather actually owned a repair shop. This diet totally tracks. But what my stepfather didn't have to deal with in his shop, and honestly, if you're a longtime listener, you know I have one phobia, spiders. I'm getting much better, but the only thing keeping me in cold places where I'd rather 50 degrees below zero, which happened to us once in February, just a couple weeks ago, and for once it's not hyperbole, <laughs> is that there are spiders the size of tennis rackets the further south you go. And if I had a rooster who would just follow me places and eat spiders, I think I'd actually be able to go south of the Mason-Dixon. If only the rooster could alert to transphobic, racist, fascist people too, I would always have a rooster within three feet of me. But Earl, to the shock and horror of the staff, he picked up a spider that was three inches in diameter and swallowed it whole. I don't think the mechanics were sad that he decided not to share his bounty. Animals in the workplace do pose some challenges, like the time he was watching the crew work under a Mustang. And when they brought it back down, he just didn't move. It wasn't until the last second, just as the 3,500 pound car was going to hit the ground that he bolted. Earl is not a cat. He doesn't have nine lives here. Another time Earl was in the woods and luckily the crew had the bay doors open so when they heard him calling like he was in trouble, they heard everything. It was described as, quote, from the Virginia pilot, the sound began muted at first as he approached and then grew loud as he ran by the open door. Keenan described it like an approaching motorcycle rumbling softly in the distance before roaring by. Keenan ran out to see a dog in close pursuit of Earl. The dog even had a few tail feathers in his mouth. The pair ran into the middle of US 158, stopping traffic in both directions. They circled the highway a few turns until a woman recognized the dog as neighbors and pulled him off the road. Earl ran to the opposite side and was not seen for a couple of days. The mechanics figured that might be it for Earl. But then he turned up again back to his old routine. 
End quote. So how does a rooster help with your mechanic business? Well, the business owner said that he was a morale booster rooster, that it wasn't possible to just walk by him without saying anything. And I get that. If my dog stretches, I can't help but go, ooh, big stretch. Or when I see the chickens out my yard, I apologize to them as I walk by for getting in their way. So I get it. I, I think most animal people get this in their soul. But in addition to being a morale booster for the employees, kids ask their parents if they can go with them to pick up the car at the shop so they can see Earl. Y'all, I can't even get my kid to do the things she wants to do half the time. So, so to go see the chicken after picking up a RAV4 at the shop? Pretty good deal. The business page on Google includes, quote, are y'all the ones with the shop chicken? If so, I kind of need to see that. Local guide Tony replies, yep, that's Earl's home. Third person. That's awesome. And <laughs> there's nothing on the Google page about their policies, how expensive they are, how reputable they are. No, the questions are only about the chicken. <laughs> and speaking of reviews, they have 4.9 stars. And here are some of my favorite reviews. My white peahen, Sally's 2000 Porsche 911, had a bad MAF and a bearing had to go. But Earl the Rooster treated her with all the kindness of any of the other staff and fixed her right up. Sally is back on the road and will always have Earl fix her cars. <laughs> Earl knows exactly how to handle customers. Walk in the door, get treated to some clucks, and always making sure the shop is tidy. Not sure how you'd run a business without Earl. Oh yeah, he knows how to work on cars. You need an extra feather or two for your own dumb comforter at home? He'll throw in a couple freebies. Highly recommend. <laughs> um, I'm just here for Earl. Thanks so much to Nevin, Earl, and Joe. Got the new tires mounted and balanced with their quick and thorough service. Truck drives and rides like new again. AAA plus 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 plus. So I did reach out to the shop by email because all of the details I could find on Earl's story were all dated in 2019 and one paywalled thing from 2021, but I couldn't find any info from it. Until I can get confirmation, and I'm not going to bug these mechanics, they have stuff to do like fixing cars, cleaning up after a pooping rooster, saying hi to the rooster. They are busy. But roosters can live between five and eight years on average, 10 to 15 years if you have a great insurance plan for cockerels and they live in Fort Knox with zero predators getting in. So let's say he started crowing at around six months of age. Some crow earlier, some a little later, and that's often the telltale sign that you have a roo. And that's when most people get totally, and in many cases, unnecessarily panic. Again, not judging, I was 100% there six months ago. Let's just say, after he started crowing, Earl got out, either by his own curiosity or someone turfing him out at the first sign of crowing at six months of age. It is quite possible that Earl is still rocking the shop life at age four. He has people who care for him, shelter in many cases of emergencies, a diet of branded food and, well, snacks. Though I'm not sure how many french fries a day he's eating. That may be a factor in his lifespan. But he's got a great group of people who adore him. So even if he's gone to the big coop in the sky, one thing is for sure. 
Earl has had an amazing life. If anyone listening to this is in North Carolina near the Outer Banks, who knows anything at all about this little local celebrity Rue, please let me know and send in an update. I, I am genuinely curious about Earl. And while you're checking it out on the ground, do walk into the shop and see if you can buy one of those R&R Garage branded merch with, you guessed it, a rooster on it. Earl is officially part of the logo now. Do you love plants? Don't be silly. Of course you do. You might just not know it yet. I'm Vikram Baliga, the host of the Planthropology Podcast, the show where we dive into the lives and careers of some really cool plant people. Join me each episode as I chat with students, scientists, and professionals in the natural sciences and figure out what keeps them coming back for more. We'll explore their work, the ways they got into their fields, why they love plants and nature so much, and why you should love those things too. Planthropology is laid back and conversational and will keep you laughing and engaged whether you're a scientist or not. Follow along for this adventure into the sciences and keep being really cool plant people. So thanks for joining me today on Bewilderbeasts. If you like this podcast, share, tell your friends. It's truly the best way to support this show. And if there are topics that you would be interested in hearing about on the podcast, know of any historical animals who have changed the world, animals who help you, humans, or wacky animals in the news, there are multiple ways to send them in or let me know what you think. Email bewilderbeastpod at gmail.com, tweet at bewilderedpod, DM or voice text on bewilderbeastpod.com. I'm Melissa McHugh McGrath, co-training director of the New England Dog Training Club, author of Considerations for the City Dog, and creator of this podcast. Now on the Podfix Network. Thanks, Podfix buddies. I appreciate the support and the love. Now go check out some of their other shows, like Planthropology, a vast and specifically the series on the archive show Gravity Beard. They they have a running gag or a running uh, episode thing that they do all about your worst date. And we've all had them. They may make you feel like your worst date may not have actually been that bad. Or maybe you need to write it in. Now go get curious. I got today's information from Pilot Online, YouTube.com, On The Boys Who Have This Shop, and the Dodo.com. Links are in the description of today's episode. Intro music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Lebowitz. Interstitial music is by MK2. All other music is provided by Pixabay and Freesound.org. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and good God, how many times do I have to tell you? Just share this with your friends already. (laughs) All the things every other podcast tells you to do, just do those for me. A review would really help. I haven't had one in a while, so if you could go find a way to review it so I can see it and feel all pretty and shiny, that'd be great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, 
at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.